Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake, episode 36, I think. 36, Rob? I think we're about there, yeah. My name is Pete Selby and next to me, as you've just heard, is a Rob Hayes. Uh, we're not actually in For Fox's Sake HQ at the moment. We are on location. Um, Don't tell them what location that is, otherwise you'll have hordes of screaming fans outside. Exactly, exactly. So if it it does sound slightly different, and these chairs are slightly squeaky, basically, that if you can hear the noise there. So, like, yeah, if you hear that, then uh, don't worry, it's not you, um, it's It's us. us. Um, Anyway, we are recording this after Leicester City's latest winter nil. Get in. 2-0 away at Sunderland. Obviously, that was followed up by Spurs' 3-0 victory against Manchester United. So, basically... Things are as usual, seven points clear. It's exactly how it was last time. Apart from one thing, I've not mentioned that. I've got a new ringtone. Have you? Yes. Oh, go on then. (laughs) Incredible. Why don't you tell me why you've got that ringtone, Pete? Uh, Well, no one's called me, by the way. No one does. But... um, Leicester City have now officially qualified for the Champions League. Well, they, well, bar Liverpool winning the Europa League, Man City winning the Champions League, and both of those two finishing outside the top four. Are you someone who turns up at, like, say someone has a birthday and they have a big do, and you turn up going, well, actually, your birthday was three days ago, so I don't know why, <laughs> why celebrating. Why are we celebrating? Yeah. I, no, I'm just making sure we're factually accurate on for Fox's sake. Right, so basically we have qualified for the Champions League. Yeah. Okay, so... We've mentioned a lot of times on the show, obviously, about the fact that we are top and we've, you know, uh, we're going to go for the league and this and the other. And we've we've been really kind of, uh, we don't want to say we're going to win it, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We've been quite um, conscious not to say that. Really, we've been quite reserved, haven't we? Very reserved because we know how many times Leicester City have accidentally let us down in the past. Exactly, but now I think it's the gloves are off. There are five games to go. And Leicester are seven points clear at the top of the table. And I think it is safe to say it is a two-horse race. It is us versus Tottenham. It is time to start believing, I think. Exactly. Um, Ranieri has been fantastic and the club has been fantastic in just saying, look, the target, what was the target first one? Objective number one, get to 40 points. Tick. Objective number two, qualify for the Champions League. Tick. Objective number three, now... Surely has to be win the Premier League title. It has to be. And I think the noises coming out of uh, the King Power Stadium will change quite a lot over the next you know, week or two, really, because they have to. They have to acknowledge the fact that now it is going for the league. And, of course, they'll still say it's one game at a time and we're quite laid back. and We have to stay calm. Exactly. And all the same things that they've been saying, which is absolutely perfect, because as soon as someone lets slip and say, we're going to win the league or this, that and the other, it, it just gets pounced on massively and then people turn around about you know, having bottle and all this rubbish that's wrote. So I think they've done very well to keep a lid on things, basically, to refuse 
uh, to, to let slip any of those quotes that could get blown out of proportion. I think this will be the week that maybe that starts because all the, object, all the objectives have been done and Ranieri now has to say, look, we are going for the league. We all know it, the, you know, the fans know it. Um, so let's discuss the game yesterday at time of recording. Do we have to? It was a bit, was a bit crap, wasn't it? Oh, the first half was dreadful. I think most players spent most of the time on their arses. It was. Um, let's just get one thing out of the way. Sunderland are a really bad team. They're not very good at football, are they? No, no. The one thing that they do, which is football, they are bad at. It's uh, they are poor. I feel very sorry for Big Sam. He's, he's a good manager. He's. Uh, I've always thought of him as maybe a, a, a Leicester manager. In you know. Obviously, a few years ago, I thought he'd end up at Leicester in some way, shape or form. Um, I think he's a good manager, done very well over the years. I think he gets a lot of bad press um, and I think he talks a lot of sense and he's quite straightforward with what he says. And you could see his reactions on the bench just going, well, look what I've got to work with. You know, people making stupid mistakes like Barini basically kicking the ball into his own face. Rodwell spooning over from six yards. They're, they're a poor team, really poor team. So a bit, a bit sorry for him, but never mind. We won the game. First half, dreadful. Second half, um, a better by Leicester. And then, of course, Vardy with two goals. Uh, he's not scored, was it about six games he's scored? Not scored for Leicester? A little bit of a drought, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, he has scored two for England in that time. And obviously, confidence levels would be normal, especially scoring a backheel flick for England. But uh, he's he's not really had the chances for Leicester in a recent games. What, four 1-0 wins? They've not created a lot because as soon as they've scored, they've then hung on to it. But this was Vardy's time to shine once again. Um, we'll mention the first goal straight away. Danny Drinkwater. Ping. What what a what's an assist. Not only the nutmeg, but then straight away straight away looking up and a first time ball over the top. Not a long ball, not a hoof, uh, not a hopeful punt up forward. A measured ball. A measured over ball the top. over the top. Vardy took it well. I'm gonna say question marks over the goalie. Yeah, because Yunus Kabul was thinking, I'm not catching Vardy here. Where the bloody hell is Manoni? Yeah. Manoni is stood in his line going. Oh no! Here he comes. Exactly. Good finish by Vardy. One nil, and it was. It looked very comfortable. Granted, Rodwell had that chance, which came off of a couple of deflections, and he ballooned over. Um, and then Vardy obviously scoring the second goal. Van Aanholt, who's a decent player for them. He's he's a, he's a decent fullback. But uh, did we have him on loan once? Um, I think we did. You know, did we? Good few years ago when he was a Chelsea player. Probably we had a ringing a bell. Players. We had remember we had Bruno. Yeah, yeah, he started for Holland, didn't he, the other week? Yeah, he scored that brilliant goal. Yeah. He just walked out of the fence and thought, I'm going to smash it in the top corner for 40 yards. Um, yeah, I think we might have had him, but uh, he's a decent player and he, he could have brought him down, but if he did, it's a, it's a red card and it's in the last minute of, of injury time. I think but Vardy it, did well to keep his feet, though, to be fair. He did, because and, the goalie came out. him off. Again, calm presence in front of goal. Uh, he had one chance from that lovely little triangle move down by the corner flag, um, pulled back to him, and he, he did the right thing, really, side-footed. I think if he put his foot through it, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. But um, you got the chance of ballooning so over the top of the bar. 2-0, uh, a good win, and at that time, we were 10 points clear. Um, so, yeah, the performance wasn't great. I think they did look slightly nervous early on. Um, we'll mention a few players. I mean, obviously, the defence, superb once again, all over the defence, the full-backs, especially Fuchs, getting a yellow card early on, controlling uh, his game after that. Yeah, kept his head, didn't he? He's an, he's an experienced pro. Yeah, the two centre-halves, again, fantastic. 
Uh, kept the foe quiet, didn't they? Oh yes, definitely. And 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 just played very well. Kante, I think, got man of the match again. Well deserved. Um, Okazaki. I would have brought him off at half time. I, I thought have. we would probably. I thought we could have seen two subs. I thought we were definitely going to see one. I mm. thought Okazaki and Mares, who were perhaps looking a little bit jaded last time out as well, were maybe calls to be subbed at half time. Mares, we know there's the occasion, the odd occasion where it's just not his day. And you have to sort of sit him down, say, look, get ready for the next one. There was that spell of a couple of games earlier in the season where he didn't start. He dropped at Norwich, wasn't he? Yeah. Okazaki, it, it was just one of them where he was working hard, but the physicality of Sunderland wrote him off for the game. Agree, every yeah. every player he tried to get round, he was shrugged off. Every player he tried to beat, he was tackled. Every player he tried to challenge in the air... He was he was winning nothing. I thought we would see a show at half time. I thought so as well. Um, there was shouts for a penalty for Okazaki, uh, which, to be honest, it, it's it's not quite conclusive because you can't quite see the boot catching him in the stomach. Yeah, um, it was Yedlin, wasn't it? Yeah, if it did, then it it was a penalty. But I think after that, he went to ground an awful lot. Sometimes he maybe got the odd foul or two, but it wasn't awarded. I thought the referee had a decent game actually, but um, it it wasn't. His, I said it wasn't his game. Last game, it wasn't his performance, it wasn't his day, nothing really worked for him, but he had travelled 97,000 miles around the world playing against, uh, we don't even mention, the two teams he played for against Japan, uh, for Japan. Afghanistan was one, wasn't it? I think it was Af- Afghanistan and Syria, or Afghan and Iran. Yeah, high quality opposition. Christ alive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are you playing? Oh, I've got away fixtures in Afghanistan <laughs> and Iran. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, um, that's international football for you. Yeah, uh, it wasn't his game last game, so we, we kind of let him off. This I thought was a poor performance, and I'm a big fan of Okazaki when he's on his on on his day, on his form, controls the ball well, turns players well. Uh, I'd like to see him up front, but obviously for obvious reasons, he's not been playing there, and I think he would score a lot of goals. But uh, I thought he was very poor. Very poor. And I mentioned last time about Ajoa coming on looking sharp and holding the ball up fantastically well, holding players off with both arms. Again, he came on and he looks a yard faster. Yeah. He looks a player who really has got the bit between his teeth going for the league. And uh, I think he should start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. I think... Ranieri's kept faith with the same eleven for so long. Understandably so. Yeah, but you have to look at Okazaki's last couple of performances and Ajoa's last couple of performances. And like you say, Ajoa looks like a man who really wants to be in this team. There's a there's always the, the possibility, if you're sat on the bench week in, week out, whatever you're doing, you're not getting a start, to sort of not really care. But Ajoa comes on, works hard. Like you say, he looks, he looks a touch faster than he ever has done, sharper. He gives you the chance to relieve some pressure by looking after the ball as well because we can't constantly play the worldy ball in behind and score to relieve some pressure. It needs to be held in the opposition's half for a bit, which is something that we really struggle to do. We are not a tall team. We've got two centre-halves are tall and Fuchs. The rest of the team is a small team, so having him back for corners and also up top as a, a figurehead if you do want to use a bit of height up front... I, he just deserves. He deserves his place in the starting lineup for me. Um, he is lacking in confidence when it comes to actually scoring goals. Yeah, a couple of times against Sunderland, you were like, "Pull the trigger, pull, pull the, the trigger, trigger, you know, hit it." But uh, that's completely understandable because he's not been playing. So give him a starting. I, I would start him the next game. Yeah. Um, the other player who, again, we mentioned before uh, in the last game, who, who comes on either for Mares or for Albrighton. 
uh, is Diamari Gray. Yeah. Again, came on the field of play. Not just the speed and the skill and the control that we know he has, but intelligence. Yeah. There were many times where he was inside his own half with two or three men around him. And if you lose the ball there, that's in a dangerous position. You're in a lot of bother, aren't you? I, I don't think he did for the whole game. And again, passes down the line, nice little uh, Cruyff turns. Just a very intelligent player for his age and a real, looks a real prospect. Yeah. And again, is this a player that maybe is pushing for a, a role instead of, say, Albrighton on the left? Could be. I, I don't see any reason why not. As you say, a lot of young wingers, wingers tend to be flair players that you don't get a lot more else out of. When they've got the ball at their feet, they're, they're magical. Mares was a bit like it. He's got better over time, but he was a bit like it to begin with. Get the ball to him, bit of magic, but is useless for the rest of the game. You know, you know you've not got the positional sense in terms of um, defensive shape or anything like that, but... Great, like you say, to not lose the ball in his, in his own half, not try something silly. It's, he's, a, he's a very switched on young man and I think he's very unlucky not to be starting at the minute. But again, it's that thing of naming the same eleven as, as often as you can, which is, which is clearly working. I think he will uh, keep the same eleven. I think he'll still keep Okazaki in there. And again, it's it's not a problem. Um, I, th- I think if it was me, I would play Ojoa instead of Okazaki and then someone like Gray would be knocking on the door of, of Albrighton, who again has been quite quiet in the last few games. I know he does his defensive duties well and that sort of thing that uh, Ranieri likes, but uh, it's part of the team that I think could be changed maybe even slightly earlier, depending on, obviously on the game situation. And of course, we're talking about a team who are top of the league and we're saying change this, change that. But They've just um, won 2-0, but exactly, you've got to make some yeah. changes. I, I, I still think so. It would make uh, it would make a lot of sense to change Ojoa for uh, Ogsaki for Ojoa. So... That put Leicester 10 points clear and we were looking forward to watching Spurs versus Manchester United. 0-0 after 70 minutes, Martial with a great chance. Again, he created it by himself, so, you know, credit to him. But anywhere apart from shooting straight at Hugo Lloris, that's 1-0 with 20 minutes to go. And, and every Leicester fan is suddenly a Manchester United fan. Well, they, well, they yeah, were anyway. They were but, anyway, but, but it's... That could be 1-0 and we could be 10 points clear and then this podcast might have a slightly different tone about it. This podcast might have a few beers involved. Exactly. But the fact is, and again, I've said before, hats off to Spurs. You know, you have to say they are a good team. To go and score three goals in basically three or four minutes against Manchester United, good goals. They're a good team. And um, I, people are saying, you know, the, the season's ours, the league's ours. Not at all. They are a good team. Are Spurs going to win the remaining five games of the season? They're perfectly capable of doing So are we. But they are perfectly capable of doing so. And it's something that, again, I think Leicester fans just need to slightly calm down and just wait for the next couple of games and see how it goes. Right, so we have got five games left to try and win the Premier League title, Pete. Five more games. Shall we have a quick look at them? What what are the what are the fixtures? Yep, I've got them here on my phone. Oh, um. <laughs> that, that ringtone will get everywhere. Sorry, it's been a long night. I was watching uh, Danny Willett win the Master. <laughs> Did you watch the golf? I didn't watch it. No, I um I have read about it this morning though. No, it was, Jordan Spieth had a bit of a nightmare, didn't he? It was very good. Uh, it was very good. Right. Um, 
And yeah, Vardy, 21 league goals, first Leicester player to score over 20 goals in a top flight season for about 30 years. Gary Lineker, all that. Yeah. Well, I th- I th- to be honest, though, we knew he was going to get there. We knew he was going to score another goal. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we'll, we'll gloss over that. Anyway, on my uh, on my phone, I've got the uh, fixtures for Leicester, which I'm sure we all know out there, and Spurs. And we'll just run through them. I think that the gap, and this was a conversation I had uh, down the local last night watching the golf, um, I think that the gap, which is seven points right now, needs to be at least seven points going into the final three games. Okay, which I'm sure every Leicester fan would agree. Yep. They want it seven or more. Um, the next two Leicester fixtures are at home against West Ham and against Swansea. The next two uh, Spurs fixtures are away at Stoke and at home against West Brom. Now, if we just say that they're going to beat West Brom and we beat Swansea, then they have an away game against Stoke and we have a home game against West Ham. Both difficult fixtures against Teams who have been flirting with European qualification for the Champions League and the Europa League. Uh, it's going to be a very tough game against West Ham, if we just focus on us uh, for one second. A really good team, dangerous team, Payet, Carroll, Antonio, et al. It's, um, it's going to be a difficult game, which I don't think Leicester fans will take lightly. But they just can't. They're a top team. No, you'd be more than happy. Well, I'd be more than happy. I know you want the seven-point gap, but I would be more than happy with a point at home to West Ham. I know we're good at home. I know that teams come to the King Power fearing us as tabletoppers and as well as the atmosphere there. But honestly, West Ham are such a good team that you take a draw. This is a huge game. This is almost, for me, bigger than the game against Sunderland, which I know is easy to say after the game itself. They all get bigger, Pete. They, the they closer do. closer to the end it of the will, season, they this, all get bigger. This, I'll be saying this against uh, for the Swansea game. You didn't realise this is going to be... This but, is going to uh, be bigger than is, the West Ham bigger game. Bigger than last game. But it is. It, it is a mini-season of five games. It was a mini-season of six games, but now it's mini-season of five games. Every game is... Not a cup final, it is the Champions League finals. It's the biggest game that any any of the players have ever played in every single game from now on. But the next game against West Ham is, is huge because if they do get that victory, regardless of what Spurs do, and I know a lot of people are saying we're going to have to win it ourselves, uh, it doesn't really matter what Spurs do because if we just carry on the way we perform, we've been performing and just get the points in the bag, then we're going to win the league. But you can't help but look at Spurs and see what they're doing as well. Yeah. You just can't. It, no, it's, it's, it's human nature. But the game against West Ham, if they do beat the Hammers, what confidence that gives... I mean, end of the day, how much more confidence can a team get? But then how are they going to then perform against Swansea? They're going to be flying at them if they beat West Ham. If they lose and Spurs win, then it's going to be a lot of pressure then put on Leicester at home against Swansea. And that mini-season of four games all of a sudden becomes the biggest game of the season. Exactly. Now, I did mention about that three, uh, the seven-point gap going into the final three games, and this is for this reason alone. Leicester away at Manchester United, at home against Everton, and away at Chelsea. Spurs away at Chelsea... But then the final two games, at home against Southampton, away at Newcastle. Now, you have to say that's six points. The way Spurs are playing now... The last two games, do you think they'll get three points at home to uh, Southampton? Yes. Yeah. Because they will have nothing to play for and Spurs will just batter them. And I can, I, I think they'll, they'll beat Southampton at home and Newcastle away. Well, they'll already be down. Exactly. So they'll so have nothing to play for. You'd have to say there's six points there. That's why I'm saying we will need a seven-point gap because they are away at Chelsea and we've got that home clash against Everton. And that, for me, will be the difference maker between the two. 
Of course, they have a better goal difference. So is the gap actually six points? Yeah, in I theory. guess so. If you look at it like that, if you, look pe- at it, you pessimist, you. Well, well, yeah, I mean, everyone knows that I'm a pessimist <laughs> out there. Um, although I did fancy Leicester away at, uh, away at Sunderland. So that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that we need to have at least seven points uh, going into the final three games. So they are away at Stoke and we are at home against West Ham. A difficult game for Leicester, a difficult game for Spurs. Now all Spurs games are after Leicester games or at the same time. Yeah. They don't have a game ahead of us for the rest of the season. That's going to put a lot of pressure on them, which they showed that they could overcome against Manchester United. But again, Stoke away, not a game you really want at this time of season, especially on a Monday night in front of the TV cameras. Can they do it on a Monday night in Stoke? Exactly. Let's pray that it's cold and it's windy and all that sort of thing. And Rory Delap comes out of retirement to batter him with a long throw. Exactly. And Ricardo Fuller. Ricardo Fuller. (laughs) Oh yeah, Delap, Fuller, who else? Kenwyn Jones. Oh yeah. Gordon Banks in goal. <laughs> We're going back a bit. Stanley Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh so yes, the next two games, West Ham and Stoke. It's um, and, and you've just got to look at it on a game by game basis now, really, haven't you? And just say, Yes, we're playing West Ham, but they're playing Stoke. And it's just ridiculous. And also, the the thing that is the most ridiculous thing, we've qualified for the Champions League. Brilliant, fantastic. We're going on a European tour. Everyone's planning what, where, who we might be playing. But let's just say this season goes horribly wrong and we finish second. I don't. Will it be a disappointing season? It will initially. I think it definitely will initially. It would take a few weeks to get over. But then when you... When you look at it, when you look at how far this team has come in such a short space of time and what an achievement finishing second in the Premier League is and guaranteeing yourself Champions League football, you'd have to look back and go, great season. But at the time, it'd be horrifically painful. Exactly. But that's the last time I'll even mention that. So yeah, please don't. Exactly. I won't mention that. No so ifs yeah. anymore. Uh, the uh, the tickets came out for the Everton game. So if you haven't got a ticket at the King Power, they came out this morning. And there we won't be any left. No, this morning being Monday. So hopefully you can be there. Uh, the West Ham game. Are you going to be at the West Ham game? No, I'm not, I'm not at any more games this season, which is absolutely killing me. I'm going really? to watch, I'm going to work at the snooker. The World Championships oh, next it's, week. it's that time of year again. It is that time of oh, year. Oh, my God. I am going to be sitting watching snooker, watching any kind of stream I possibly can of every Leicester game. So the reason we're doing this on location is because of Loughborough Lightning on Sky Sports, yep. which, which will both possibly ruin later on. So if you, you are... Sp- you speak for yourself. <laughs> so if you are watching a pre-record or a recording of the uh, of the Loughborough Lightning game on Sky Sports, then... Uh, keep an eye out. Keep You'll an eye out, yeah. But... Um, so because of that, and also because of the World Snooker, you're going to miss every last home game of the season. Yep. Including the Everton game, which... Which host- could see us lift the Premier League title uh, trophy, yep. I'll take a photo, don't worry. Thanks. That's all right. I won't be there for the Swansea game, though. Oh, poor you missing one game. <laughs> I won't be there for the Swansea game, but I'll be there for Everton and I'll be there for West Ham. Um, obviously, we haven't had a home game, so we can't update any of the uh, best and worst 11. Hopefully, that will be sorted in the uh, forthcoming weeks. Um, that's about it, really. That's it? That's it. Get in contact with us. How are you exactly. planning to celebrate what? winning the Premier League title? Shall we open that out? I th- I th- Is it too early to open that out? It. it- we have reached a, a point of the season. You know, we mentioned earlier that it is a five-game season, and then the next game is going to be a four-game season. But we really have now. We've qualified for the Champions League. It looks, it, it feels like a bit of a watershed moment. I think Arsenal dropping off as well. It means that it's a it's a two-horse race 
for the league title. And it, it has changed. Something has changed. So we have five games left. It's a mini season. How are you dealing with this? Where are you dealing with this? And uh, how are you watching the games? Are you going to be at the King Power? Are you watching with family and friends around the world? Um, have you organised parties or gatherings to do with these games, to do with the remaining games, which are all live on TV? Um, we want to hear from you. And there's many ways you can get in contact. The first is through Facebook. So I think everyone's probably got Facebook. Just search for, for Fox 8 Podcast. And then you'll see the group, click join or click like, um, and then you can get in contact that way. Go on Twitter, if you're a member of Twitter, at FFSPod, for Fox 8 Podcast, or at FFSPod. Uh, search for us on there, and then go in, get in contact that way. Send through your photos and, and your ideas about parties or gatherings, or, or how you are dealing with, with the season. Also... What are your thoughts? Do you think we're going to beat West Ham? Do you think that we only need a certain amount of points or a certain amount of victories? Get in contact because this is just going to be the story of the season from now on. We've spoke about the clappers. We spoke about the atmosphere at the King Power, things going on at the club, different players throughout the season. That's all out the window now. The remaining Fox 8 podcasts are just going to be about winning the league. We are in a, a title race with us and Tottenham Hotspur. We'll try and even get some Spurs fans either on the show or um, through a podcast. We'll try and get in contact. I'm sure they're going to try and get in contact with us and just see what they're thinking. Um, it is a two-horse race. Get in contact with the show at, uh, we mentioned at FFS Pod. Also Gmail, uh, get in contact for fox8podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us know about the next five games. We'll be back after the West Ham game. Squeaky bum time. Although you'll be in uh, Sheffield. I'll contact you. Right, we'll have to sort that out. So uh, stay tuned and we'll, we'll let you know when the next Favocate podcast will be. Uh, and that's it really. Seven points is the gap. Five games to go. It's Leicester versus West Ham this weekend, Sunday, at the King Power Stadium. If you're going... I'm going to say make some noise, but I don't think we can make any more. We're causing earthquakes. We've caused an earthquake throughout the whole season. And let's kick on and lift that trophy when Rob's not there. <laughs>